You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, SEO 101 listeners. WebmasterRadio.fm introduces over 101 reasons to love your smartphone even more. Introducing the WebmasterRadio.fm mobile app, now available in the iTunes Store or on Google Play. Listen to SEO 101 live every Monday or download thousands of past episodes or download shows like SEO Rockstars, Search Pulse, The Daily Search Cast, and more. Download the WebmasterRadio.fm mobile app for iTunes and Google Play now. Welcome to SEO 101, your introductory course on search engine optimization. So, turn on your computers, open your minds, grab your mouse, and get ready to get back to the basics. SEO 101 on webmasterradio.fm is now in session. Hello and welcome to SEO 101 on webmasterradio.fm. This is Ross Dunn, CEO of Stepforth Web Marketing, and my co-host is John Carcutt, the Director of SEO and Social Media for Advanced Digital. <laughs> hey, Ross. Hey, doesn't it seem like it's been way too long since we've done a show? A little- yes. I mean, <laughs> if, if it has, I've been crazy, and I'm apologizing to everybody because we've got to do this more often. Yeah, it's been a crazy time. I was really sick. I've still got pneumonia, but at wow. least I can function. I'm, I'm glad yeah. you found out what that was. It sounded scary for a while, but I'm glad you got it taken care of. Yeah, yeah, it's weird. I've never had anything so harsh, but you now it's my uh, my chest actually hurts where my, my where the infection is. Oh. I didn't actually feel it before. I just sort of was winded. Now I don't get the winding, but I've got the I don't know. It's like I've been punched. <laughs> oh man! <laughs> not good. But, yeah, yeah, it's not good. Uh, I, I don't recommend it to anyone. <laughs> not at all. So that's partly why my voice is still all weird and. I have to drink a lot of water. Your voice has always been weird. Come on, you know. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> a little extra weird today. <laughs> so you've been traveling lots. How was SMX? SMX rocked. It was a blast. Um, I hadn't been out to SMX West in a few years, and it's just as fun as ever. Uh, you got to see a bunch of people, some great sessions, some not so great sessions, but it was it was overall a good, positive experience. I did, however, get to hang on the hot tub. I met a couple of really cool people in the hot tub, smoked a cigar. I was thinking, Rand Ross should be here. Oh, that would have been perfect. Yeah. It was very nice weather on the West Coast last week for some weird reason. <laughs> Better than Florida. I've heard it's been pretty bad, and at least you're not there anymore. Exactly. <laughs> so I didn't have any problem with finding lots to talk about. 
Holy cow, there's been lots going on. There's a bunch going on, yeah. And I'm glad you've got the Facebook open graph search on there. There's a lot of this stuff was talked about as SMX Web, so I can definitely uh, give a different perspective on it. Cool. Well, the, the, uh, let's start with that, Facebook open graph search. So uh, a few pointers uh, of news. First of all, Facebook claims they're not going to have an external search engine, which doesn't seem much of a surprise. I mean, it doesn't make sense for them to jump out there. They've got their own nice little garden. Why go outside? Um, oh, but they have a pretty deep integration with Bing already, so it could very well easily turn into a deeper co- collaboration between the two. One of, yes. the, one of the things I've been saying is because of graph search, you really need to focus on optimizing for Bing because graph search sucks so bad and you can't ever find anything you want. The default search is Bing. So if you do really good in Bing, you're going to get some more traffic through Facebook because their search isn't that great yet. Yet, it'll get better. Yeah, you know, and, and and I just wonder how many people. I wish they'd release some stats on how people how many people are actually using it. They would successfully. They, they would probably release them if they weren't so bad. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I wonder just how much. Uh, well, the, the other the other piece of news 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 is that uh, Facebook's announced that they're working on including posts and comments in Facebook search. I'm hoping that's just your own comments. <laughs> yeah, it will. It will be. Comments in, in comments that have been shared with you. So if you comment on something you have access to, anybody else's comments in that stream will be available to you as well. So it's again it goes to that privacy thing. You can only get to search things that have been shared with you. Um, Just the same, man. It's gonna be it's gonna be a shitstorm. <laughs> yeah. So so here here so there was there was two Facebook sessions I went to SMX West. One was a keynote by one of the top executives at Facebook talking about all their advertising platforms. I walked out after about 10 minutes. It was so bland. So I can't tell you much about that one. Most of what I heard was about the advertising, which is good. Facebook advertising is good, but but he was being very, very politically correct and all the advertising speak. He wasn't giving us anything really great. It's just stuff we already knew. Um, But the one I was really excited about was right after that one, there was a session specifically about graph search by one of the engineers that worked on graph search. I'm like, this is great. We're going to get some detail. We're going to get some um, information that's going to help us. He basically walked through how you use graph search as a user. And that's it. Uh, So... um, the great thing they do in the sessions is they let you type in questions at SMX and you can put in questions and just keep feeding them into the system. And then Danny will pick some randomly. Well, I, he picked one of mine, thank goodness. Basically, I asked two questions in one. I said, look, I see two really major roadblocks for graph search and I want to know how you're going to address those. And the two, the two roadblocks that I see are one, um, if you have a social graph that is non-active, that user will get nothing out of graph search. How are you going to address that? My second question was, you're asking people to change their search behaviors, change the way they search. They're not used to doing if this, then that equals this. They just want to know where's a pizza place in Hoboken, right? They're not used to searching the way you're asking them to, and how do you plan to address that? And his answer to both was basically the same. We hope they're going to change the way they do stuff. We hope they're going to share more and their graphs will become more active once the graph search goes into place. And we hope they'll learn how to search differently. They gave no real plans or direction on how they're going to address those issues. And those, those two issues, in my opinion, are the make or break graph search. If they don't fix them, they're screwed. Well, isn't that kind of typical of Facebook? They just expect everyone to learn what they do. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> they never really care about what the user wants. It's more like what's going to work for them and hell with you, figure it out. 
Yeah. I mean, the good things they said, I think this is related to what you were talking about with posts and comments. They are working on including the, the open graph data. And that's not just posts and comments. Once they get open graph data in, it will be a little more functional from the standpoint of being able to find stuff. And Danny Sullivan had a great example. Danny Sullivan used good, uses goodreads.com. And he doesn't post in Facebook about the books he likes in Facebook at all. But he's got like 500 books that he's read and liked and commented on on Goodreads. Well, Goodreads uses the Open Graph platform. So once Graph Search starts searching Open Graph, I know it gets complicated when you start talking about all these things, it'll be able to pull in that information about Danny from Goodreads. So I'll be able to search in Facebook and see what books he's liked on Goodreads. That'll be a little more valuable if Danny's connected with me on Facebook. If he's not, mm. I still don't see Daily Squat. Hmm. And then you gotta you gotta rely on the quality of the integration of the open graph into all these third party sites. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> Which you know how easy open graph is to install. Yeah. And Good then it, God. and then all the blogs that use Facebook commenting, that should be pulled in at some point. So all those blogs and the question is, is it just gonna look at the comments on the blog post or will it actually look at the blog post itself? Mm-hmm. So that'll be interesting to see how that works out in the long run as well. And more and more people will be using Facebook commenting if that actually does look at the blog posts. So it could, that's a big, big crossroads for them is that open graph integration. You know what? I, all I think, all I can hear here is positive info for, for Facebook. I mean, it's just, just fun. They get to figure out how to use all this phenomenal information they have. <laughs> Everyone's just feeding them. Fun for Facebook, scary for us. Yes, exactly. Um, I, 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 I still think back to the, the when, when Graph Search first launched, someone wrote an article about how Graph Search is going to pretty much decimate dating sites because people will be able to search for a single person who's a friend of a friend who has the same interest in them already. And it's like a dating site. <laughs> Just pretty much go mine and, and you know look for friends of friends who you might be able to get introductions to that, that are the same as you. So it'll be weird. It'll be hmm. weird. Imagine uh, all the... Uh advertising reps out there who will friend everyone <laughs> just to see you know which one likes this kind of rum which one uh, let's get to talk about rum hey i'll give you a, here's a here's a discount i mean it's just going to be anything it's going to be it's, nuts yeah it's going to be there's there's going to have to tighten down so many things and i thought about rum because i really would love some rum right now yeah. but anyway I, um <laughs> uh, i have an unopened bottle of the kraken in my closet oh God, you had to say the Kraken. Yeah, so all you got to do is come over and we'll crack it tonight. <laughs> I love that stuff. Uh, okay. <clears throat> People, if you have not tried the Kraken rum, please try. <laughs> it's it's, 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 it's got to be done. I have, okay. I've switched though, Ross. I'm no longer doing rum and pineapple. I've switched to rum and, rum and cranberry. I decided that's much better for me. It's better for your age. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Cleans things out, you know. Um, <laughs> uh, speaking of confounding, um, Saram Sankar at Facebook provided, wrote this article called "Under the Hood: Indexing and Ranking in Graph Search," and it, it's it's written for for us, for for people who've been in the SEO industry a long time, if not people who are into writing algorithms. It's pretty heady, um, but. It's interesting too. I just what I love doing is reading it, trying to read through the baffle gab, but then finding that one thing that stands out as the we're not going to tell you this. 
one thing that he talks about here, I guess, should I read the whole thing? Sure, why not? Okay. He says, scoring works on a... So what he's doing is he's explaining how the open graph search engine's being built and how it's used or how, how it's showing results right now. So he says, scoring works on a single entity at a time, and the score assigned is independent of the scores assigned to other entities. This can cause a result set to become very one-dimensional and offer a poor search experience. For example, photos of Facebook employees may return too many photos of Mark Zuckerberg. Result set scoring, however, offers yet another layer of filtering that looks at a number of entities together and returns a subset of these entities that are, quote-unquote, I'm I'm, going to bold this, most interesting as a set and not necessarily the highest scoring set of results. Now, I know that's probably going to pass everyone, uh, except for some of our higher-level listeners, because, frankly, this is not the easiest of reading. But I'll read that last sentence again. Result set scoring yet offers yet another layer of filtering that looks at a number of entities together and returns a subset of these entities that are most interesting to the user. Sort of abbreviated that in. The most interesting is the key part there. That's the one thing they're not going to tell us. What's, how do they figure out what's most interesting? So my question is, which are they doing? Based on this quote, it says they're doing scoring on a single entity and result set scoring. So the, the question to me is, when do they do which one of those two? How yeah, often which, are they doing single order? entity versus do they always do single entity first and then see if there's result sets that can be applied? Or that sometimes they do result sets, sometimes they do single based on X number of parameters. There's a, the, when do they do which one is also <laughs> very curious to me. <laughs> it's, it's, it's wonderful. You know, they, they sound like they're telling you so much. And <laughs> all these questions come you're like, but which way do they do it? And do they always do it that way? And oh, geez, it's really just red herrings all over the place. Yeah. But I'm interested. I'm going to try and read this thing tonight and we'll see if I can get through it. Uh-huh. <laughs> it falling it, asleep. It's kind of like the old, the old uh, cliche of stopping at the gas station, the old country bumpkin telling you how to get to you know, the farmhouse by going left at the fork road. And you got so many instructions by the time you get to the end, you're lost again. That's what they're doing. They're, they're trying to get us lost in all this verbiage. <laughs> and really, they don't care at this point. They, you know, gaming their algorithm is possible because they don't even understand their own algorithm, it seems. <laughs> it's just such a mess. Um, uh, anyway, what, what's next here? Well, actually, let's take a quick break before, before I uh, get too far ahead of here. Let's take a quick break, and we'll see. get back to Panda. <laughs> Woohoo! SEO 101 will be back right after recess. Rise links and web indexes. Take a bow to the largest link map in the world. Majestic SEO. Majestic SEO wields its virtual sort with speed and accuracy to deliver detailed reports of your company's link data and that of your competition. Let Majestic SEO make you your own king of Internet marketers and join the crusade of clients and agencies that have chosen the noble choice for link intelligence. MajesticSEO.com Maximize ROI to use your time and let Majestic wield its mighty sword. MajesticSEO.com It's good. 
to be king. The SES Conference and Expo is making a springtime stop to New York City, March 25th through the 28th. SES New York 2013 is moving to a brand new venue in the heart of Times Square at the New York Marriott Marquis. Register now at SESConference.com. SES New York 2013 features some of the best and brightest minds in search and social marketing with keynote addresses by top-level executives from Google, Twitter, ESPN, and more. SES New York 2013 will also feature a loaded expo hall and Texpo Pavilion. On-site training by the ClickZ Academy, WebmasterRadio.fm's annual search bash, and so much more. SES New York 2013 at the New York Marriott Marquis in the heart of Times Square, March 25th through the 28th. Register now at SESConference.com. Ever wondered how you could have access to your own SEO expert, paid search specialist, or social media wizard? Looking for help with your affiliate, display media, or email marketing? Look no further than the folks at Fang Digital Marketing. Fang Digital specializes in both paid and organic search, social media, display, and mobile advertising solutions, and is staffed by industry veterans from Google, Yahoo, and one of the industry's most influential PPC experts. Fang Digital's award-winning staff stays on top of the latest in digital trends and offer tailored solutions so they can audit your progress and build a roadmap to yourdigital.com. That's F-A-N-G, digital.com. Okay, class, take your seats and no talking. Recess is over and SEO 101 is back in session. Only on webmasterradio.fm. Welcome back to SEO 101 on webmasterradio.fm. Hosted by John Carcutt, the Director of SEO and Social Media for Advanced Digital, and myself, Ross Dunn, CEO of Stepforth Web Marketing, Inc. So, when we uh, left to the commercial, I, we were talking about Panda. I, oh, God. Anyway, I'm so tired of this stuff. But anyway, the 25th Panda update may have been released on the 15th of March. Big deal. I, I, sorry, <laughs> people, but I mean, really. <laughs> well, the cool, the cool thing about that, that, that we found out at SMX West, is that Panda is now a rolling update. There will yeah. not be any more Panda number 26. It's just going to be a rolling update from now on. Thank well, there'll, there'll be a 26. It just it won't be official. <laughs> Yeah, well, I, from, well, the way I heard it was it's going to be a rolling update to just kind of like when they switch from the old Google Dance to the new one. There's not a set day that it goes. It'll be little pieces all the time. Yeah, I just, I just, those people who are obsessed with naming them and numbering them are going to still figure out some way to do it. But yeah, I know, I know exactly what I mean. But, and, and actually, Matt Cuts, to quote him, says, I don't expect us to tweet about our current or confirm current or future Panda updates because they'll be incorporated into our indexing process and thus be more gradual. So there we are, yeah. from the king. Um. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, please stop talking about Panda updates. Yes. <laughs> and, and, you know, each of them are like 1.1% or 1.2% of the index being affected. Nothing big. But we, now, we can talk about Penguin, though. <laughs> yes. This, this one has me a tiny bit nervous. Um, Matt said that there will be a, I'm quoting from Search Engine Land, I believe it was an article by Barry Schwartz, it says, Matt said there'll be a large Penguin update in 2013 that he thinks will be one of the more talked-about Google algorithm updates this year. Google's search quality team is working on a major update to the Penguin algorithm, which cuts called very significant. Now, when he says very significant, I get nervous. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. <laughs> so, um, I guess it'll keep my family eating, but... but- 
I don't know whether I can survive but, the stress. But, but, in, but in the same conversation, because I was sitting there when he said it, just a few sentences later, he talked about how they have a couple of very large link networks targeted that are going to get hit very shortly, which means, he said, within like a week or so, which mm-hmm. could also be part of this major Penguin update. You know, Penguin's about the link profiles, Panda's about the content. So since he's big pen big penguin coming up and they're also targeting major link networks those could easily be tied together mm, true well the one thing i mean uh, to be complete, completely transparent the one thing that makes me nervous is my action my history of on stepforth i wrote for so many different places over the years a gazillion people copied the content and posted it elsewhere and and back then they didn't necessarily have the algorithms to give me the credit for my content um it uh, just worries me a little you know, bit. You know, I actually, I ran across, that really brings up a good point, and I'm not sure what to think of it yet. I ran across a situation today where I was looking at a client's backlink profile, or not, or the content profile. You know how you go and you take a snippet of content, content and you'll search for it in Google to see if anybody else is using it somewhere? Mm-hmm. Well, this client had, there were about 10 different sites using his exact content. And I don't know whether he wrote it or his agency wrote it or where it came from, but there were 10 sites using the exact same page of content. And the interesting thing that caught my eye was four or five of those sites had authorship tied to that content with a person's author rank profile oh, next Jesus. to it. So there was five people that seemed to have claimed authorship of the same content. You should be saving for the future, but savings accounts suck. And investing can be scary. We combine the ease of savings with the real returns of investing. We call it Save Vesting, and it's only available on our new app, Stairs. Stairs offers 4 to 6% returns, no fees, and you can withdraw anytime. Do your future a favor. Visit StairsApp.com today. And it made me think, you know, thinking about authorship algorithms, if you claim content that a bunch of other people have claimed content to, that's going to hurt your author rank, without a doubt. Mm-hmm. So, and, and the sad thing is, is, especially when you get into larger news or bigger companies, they just automatically add author. Yeah, and so I was thinking, what about the people that scraped your content? If they're using authorship on it, now all of a sudden you've got a lot of content that you actually are the author of. You've claimed authorship on your site, but what if 10 other people claim authorship on that same content? I've got to trust trust Google to know yeah. <laughs> that it was me who originally wrote it and I don't know I just don't know and and frankly you know, when we they don't really care about SEOs I mean if we get nailed they, big deal um, it'll have to be someone who but, they think is more <laughs> yeah, it'll happen in every market though it's yeah exactly yeah. so it's going to be it'll be a good question for Matt how are you guys dealing with this well, next time he's doing videos I'll have to ask that yeah it's a good question yeah. and and yeah, that's one, one, one of them. And also, um, any company who's been around a long time has done link, link techniques that now are not cool. Simple as that. You, mm-hmm. At the time, they were perfectly fine. No way now. How is that going to affect them? I've got clients who are so reputable. I, it, it just makes me sick when I see them get hit at all. And yet... You know, they've been around 15 years. Yeah. There's bound to be something that Google doesn't like. Uh, I don't know. It, these updates give me the chills. Well, I, I, I can tell you we are getting 
left and right, we're getting link removal requests to our websites. We have some of the most authoritative, quality websites from a local perspective on the Internet. Our sites are outstanding. And we're getting link removal requests. We get letters saying, could you please remove the link from your site pointing to our site? And it's like these people just have no clue what they're doing when they're doing these link removals. They hire some company that just goes out and tries to clean the entire link profile. They don't even take it. They don't even care because what they're doing is they're just trying to show Google. Yes, we went out and tried to remove links so they can use, try to effectively use the, the link disavow tool in Webmaster Tools, and they're not even paying any attention to the links they're trying to remove. So I think there's going to be another backlash at some point of these companies that are trying to help with this link issue going overboard and really hurting sites that's going cuz i'm seeing it happen already they're just doing this without regard for what the quality of the link is absolutely hmm. and you know it it's, it's a tangent but it brought brought to mind something that i i've i actually said to a uh, a client the other day that kind of went oh hey that's that's right <laughs> it made me connect a few dots i'm like yeah I, actually i really truly believe this i was sort of postulating at the time. Anyway, it's about new old sites. Let's say you've got a really old site. It's been around forever. It's got really solid rankings. In fact, you own the market practically under this, in this marketplace. You come to uh, an SEO and a design company. You know, you've got the two people. You're about to design a whole new website. You want to make sure the SEO can do everything he or she can to make sure that you stay in the top rankings. The way the internet, or the, the searches, or Google's working now, I get cold sweats because, frankly, as soon as you make any changes of any significance, you, you can you can try and keep everything as close as possible. Doesn't matter. Google's going to notice it. You seem to get reexamined again, and if you've got any bad link, anything, and you ha- you do, you pretty much do if you've been around that long, you'll start to get hit. It's it's nerve wracking as hell. Do you re- do you suggest people make these changes? I mean, they have to update their sites at some point. But I have seen this. It's happened twice now in, in re- regular um, uh, through friends and also in one of our clients. They, they did this, and they're reputable, but they still had the issue. I think it, I think it comes down to percentages. So if you're old is, is critical, but it depends on how big the site is. So if the site's you know very, very old but only has 100 pages and 10 of those pages have problems, that's 10% of the pages of the site. That's an issue. That's a big percentage. But if your site has, you know, a million pages and a thousand of them has has problems, it's like 0.01 percent. Mm-hmm. So there's a big. I think it comes down to percentages of, of how much of the site is covered, or, or how many pages of this site percentage wise are, are affected by these issues. Well, and and usually it's. I'm, I'm. I didn't say this, but I'm talking about links. Um, usually it's it's link strategies from the past or something that all of a sudden they get it's the same, extra attention. The same, you know? the exact same thing applies though. It's percentage of your link exactly. profile. Yeah. yeah. But at any rate, I mean, and frankly, there was so much easier to get links back then. It's always, it's almost always going to be a high percentage. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> so, hey, uh, it, it, it depends. Right. Like, like for, for some sites, like news sites, which I'm most familiar with right now, we we have back, link back profiles in the millions of links, and so even back then when the sites were smaller, even if there's you know ten thousand links that are bad, it's still a very small percentage of our profile. Um, but for sites like e-commerce sites that don't get to those numbers, like you know, post the news, then it can be a much bigger issue. Mm. But then again, just last weekend, the BBC got no- notified of bad links via Webmaster Tools, and the fu- the funniest part is we know this. Because 
somebody from the BBC went into Webmaster Forms and said, hey, I just got this notice. What does it mean? <laughs> and, I'm, and I'm thinking to myself, okay, you're the BBC. You're the largest news organization in the world, and you don't have somebody on staff that knows what this means. This is kind of nuts. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I should send my resume. Yeah, exactly. I can work remotely. Although that would be pretty nasty hours. <laughs> yeah, that, would, that would be pretty bad for rearing children. Yes. <laughs> uh, well, let's take a quick break and we get back. We've got some great news we want to share. And uh, oh, we're a little tight on time, but we're going to try and get to a question as well. SEO 101 will be back right after recess. Oh, yeah. My day is done. Time for happy hour. You're already done for the day? Yeah, because I use CertifiedKnowledge.org. Their PPC tools literally save me hours every day. How do you keep on top of all of Google's new features? Easy. With Certified Knowledge, their interactive learning modules keep me up to date. And if there's something I don't know, I can watch their video lessons without having to hunt around the Google help files. Great. I'm ready to expand my knowledge. Hi, I'm Brad Geddes. I'm the only leader officially supported by Google to teach the advanced track of the AdWords Seminars for Success. I personally recommend CertifiedKnowledge.org as your one-stop shop for all your PPC needs. Learn. Optimize. Connect. Be smart. Go to CertifiedKnowledge.org now. Aim clear. This is how you sell with social. Have you tried to do CPA conversions using social PPC and failed? <laughs> You're not alone. These days, Facebook, LinkedIn, and YouTube require true specialists to dominate. Aim Clear, the agency, brings definitive psychographic targeting, bleeding edge creative, and killer content amplification to the social advertising table. Aim Clear, this is how you sell with social. Aim Clear, this is how you sell with social. If you're like most digital marketers, you've probably got conversion rate optimization at the top of your list of priorities for 2013. Conversion rate optimization is one of the most effective ways to increase revenue and grow profits. You can master your website conversion optimization skills at Conversion Conference San Francisco 2013. Conversion Conference San Francisco 2013 is the only digital marketing conference entirely focused on getting more web visitors through your conversion funnel. Learn how to create persuasive content, design landing pages that trigger your visitors to action, and convert blog readers into customers. Conversion Conference San Francisco 2013, April 15th to the 17th, is quickly selling out. Register with discount code WMFM for $100 off your registration. Sign up today for Conversion Conference San Francisco 2013 at conversionconference.com. That's conversionconference.com. Okay, class, take your seats and no talking. Recess is over and SEO 101 is back in session. Only on webmasterradio.fm. Hello and welcome back to SEO 101 on webmasterradio.fm, hosted by John Carcutt, the Director of SEO and Social Media for Advanced Digital, and myself, Ross Dunn, CEO of Stepforth Web Marketing, Inc. So, we have some pretty cool news. Uh, <laughs> still kind of awe here. It's, it's always nice that we're, when we get a little bit of attention, eh? Absolutely. Um, <laughs> so, in this case, uh, I'm just going to read what Brasco wrote here, there's HostDime is a, I guess, a hosting company, and they've made a, a top 15 technology podcast for 2013, and Webmaster Radio is number one, with his first favorite noted as being SEO 101. So, oh, nice. Wow. 
very cool. Um, there's some extremely amazing uh, uh, company on this page. Um, so it's even more flattering. Everything from yeah. Wired to uh, TED Talks. NPR. Yeah. Leo Laporte. <laughs> Pretty stunning. So We beat, we beat them all. <laughs> Take that. Now we just need to get, yeah, that, your budgets. <laughs> actually, actually, I did find a couple that I'm going to check out on this list. It was actually a pretty good list. If you want, we'll paste, we'll we'll post this to both the Facebook and the Google Plus communities uh, if you guys are interested. Because there's actually some pretty decent podcasts on there. As long as you keep listening to ours, we'll let you listen to these other ones too. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> uh, so thank you very much, Host Time. It's a very kind thing. We don't know anyone there, and it's just kind of neat to come across something like that. Uh, I understand they uh, you must listen to us, so whoever you are, thank you. Yes. And uh, before we, we cut out, I wanted to get to a question we received from one of our listeners, uh, Jim from Bikes at Work. Um, it's, it's, it's an interesting question. I, I've actually run into it before, but um, I'll see what I can do about reading this all here. About two years ago, we changed our web hosting from a U.S.-based company to a hosting company in the U.K. The physical location of the web server, however, is in the U.S. Does that affect domestic search engine rankings? I ask because it seems like our domestic customers have declined somewhat, but our international customers have decreased significantly, increased significantly. I don't know whether to attribute, attribute this to changes in the economy and the value of the U.S. dollar over time or something else. Unfortunately, I don't have any analytics available from before or after a server change to compare search engine traffic changes. I've heard that the location of the web server can have an effect, but what about the location of the hosting company? Hmm. I, well, the first question I would ask, because he doesn't really call it out here, is he selling to the U.S. market or to the U.K. market? That's my question, too. I'm just trying yeah. to read it again to see if I can pick that out. Uh, Two years ago, we changed our hosting from U.S.-based company to a hosting company in the U.K. Uh, let me just check his email. Let's see if or not it's from the U.K. No, no, it's a Gmail. Oh, no. He's in Washington. He's in Iowa. So he's, in I- he's in well, Iowa. IA. Is that Iowa? Yeah, that's Iowa. Yeah. So, so, so yeah. I think my question is, I guess, why did you switch to U.K. company? Maybe they had better pricing or something. Um, but normally, I wouldn't think the location of the host would matter that much. It's really the location of the servers. And it doesn't seem like he switched from U.K. to U.S. servers because he originally was in a U.S.-based company, but he doesn't say if the servers were originally hosted in the U.S. because some U.S. companies host servers outside of the U.S. Um, and it's not really the server location as much as it is your IP address. Well, I, 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 the way I approach something like this, I mean, obviously dig, dig deeper if you can, but my first instinct is to say, take the simplest answer, and that's probably what it is. And to me, it seems like maybe there is some connection to the UK that's, that's messed things up. I mean, it just makes sense the way things seem to be happening. You would get more international traffic if, if you were perceived to be over there, not yeah. necessarily in the U.S., I guess I'd look to see if the DNS servers were also hosted mm-hmm. in the U.S. Maybe they're hosted in the U.K. because your hosting companies in the U.K. That could be a differentiator. Mm-hmm. Um, and you got to wonder too if, if again, this is a this is full on like hypothetical. But what if uh, Google sees that ninety nine point nine percent of the content hosted on these servers are U.K. based? They could. There could be some sort of rub off there too. 
But if the ho- if, but if the servers are in the U.S., the company's in the U.S. The oh, only no, the thing isn't one of the co- the hosting companies in the U.K. Though, but well, yes, the, the, the company itself, um, Bikes yeah. at Work Inc., we're assuming is a U.S. company because we don't yes. know for sure. They are, um, and the servers are in the U.S. The only thing that happens in the U.K. is that where that's where Jim sends sends his money, other than configuration of the servers and potentially the domain, the DNS, the primary DNS servers. And if the primary DNS servers are in the UK, that could definitely have an issue. Mm-hmm. But if there's actual web servers in the US, the IPs in the US, I don't see that having an issue. Yeah, I like I said, I mean, it's reaching for straws here, but yeah. it's, it's uh, hmm. uh, I always try and go for the simplest answer. And, I, and frankly, you know, if it's not too much trouble and you're worried, you're really that worried about it, Jim, I would Okay, I'm jumping, jumping, you know, over the cliff here. But I would switch servers. Well, I'd say let's also look. You'd want to look at, you know, how you're positioning yourself. If you're seeing an increase in international customers, go into your analytics. And say, I know you say you don't have any before or after, but you can go look at your referring traffic now. Look at the keywords you're being found for internationally, and see if there's something happening on those pages. Um, as far as your rank in the U.S., first go to the U.K. version of Google and do searches there as well. <clears throat> yeah, coming up and just do a comparison. Run ranking reports. Yeah. Even use SCM Rush if you find you got more rankings in the U.K. than you have in the U.S. That's a pretty good indicator. Yeah. Um, SpyFu also does U.S. and U.K., so that might be a both either option might work. Yeah, absolutely. And if you, if you do see that, the first thing I would check would be your DNS servers. Yeah, even ask the, the company. Maybe they've got some insight into this, and maybe they run into it before. It might save you a lot of time. Yeah. So good luck, Jim. Let us know how it turns out. I'm, I'm really curious. This yeah, me too. Me too. Okay. Well, I know there's other questions. I'm sorry, everyone. We run out of time, but we're going to get to those next week. Can we please at least do the next one? Just because it's – I'll put it there because it's kind of funny. Okay, go for it. So we had somebody from Google Plus um, come in the page and ask, and, and nobody responded, but I left it up there just because I was hoping someone would respond. Basically, they say, um, this is the entire question, the entire post. It says, how to increase Google page rank? Please suggest me. So first suggestion is stop worrying about page rank, and mm-hmm. that's all you really have to know. Stop worrying about page rank. <laughs> <laughs> but it was just funny the way they phrased it. And I'm not making fun of anybody, but it's just if you're worried about page rank, you're obviously behind the curve. Catch up. Stop worrying about page rank. It's not. It's use it for comparison. Use it as a metric to kind of track changes. But you to don't think it's something you have to increase. Just to do good quality link building, and you'll do fine. Yeah, just catch up on our shows. We say this all the time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We got about 120 or something you can listen to now. <laughs> um, yeah, one, one out of I, one out of every three says, "Don't worry about page rank." Well, and and I'd say anytime I talk to anyone who's got any experience, you know, you know how much you know it's like little knowledge is dangerous. When I'm talking to new clients, they all say page rank, and I just I have to immediately set them straight. And I hope it works. I'm not so sure sometimes. I think they just think I'm crazy. But Sometimes yeah. it doesn't. <laughs> no, it doesn't. Yeah, they, they're still convinced that it's, it's the end-all and be-all. It's because they're reading all these poor articles from people who don't know what they're talking about or, and this is quite common, books that are out of date. Yeah, exactly. It, you know, it did have its day, but <laughs> not now. 
Not now. That's why I tell people hard, you know, print books about SEO you have to be very careful with because by the time they're written and make it to the to the bookshelf has been about a year, which means things have changed dramatically. Yeah, and that's why the only book I recommend is The Art of SEO. Same here. That's yeah, the book. It's, it's awesome. Uh, it's absolutely a phenomenal book, and they they just put out their I think just maybe it was. Yeah, I think it's just to happen, the volume two. So they're updating it, which is the important thing. No, they're not giving you, like, what's working to today. It's what works, period. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's the, the stuff that you really, really need to know. And, you know, they get basics and they get into the advanced stuff. Too. And you say they, it's like four authors and they're four of the biggest rock stars in our industry. Mad, <laughs> mad respect for all of them. Totally. Yeah, very Okay, well, on behalf of myself, Ross Dunn, CEO of Stepforth Web Marketing, and John Carcutt, the Director of SEO and Social Media for Advanced Digital, thanks for joining us today. If you have any questions you'd like to share with us, please feel free to send them to uh, our Facebook.com page. That's Facebook.com slash SEO101podcast. Or if you'd like, you can talk, contact me by email, Ross at Stepforth.com. Or you can reach John via Twitter, at John Carcutt, or myself, at Ross Dunn. Have a great week, and remember to tune in to future episodes, which air at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern, every Monday on webmasterradio.fm. Thanks for listening, everybody. This has been a presentation of WebmasterRadio.fm, the world's largest business-to-business radio and podcast network. We welcome you to sample past episodes of this program, as well as our complete library of programs, on demand or on the air via our 24-7 live audio stream at www.WebmasterRadio.fm. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited. You should be saving for the future, but savings accounts suck and investing can be scary. We combine the ease of savings with the real returns of investing. We call it Save Vesting, and it's only available in our new app, Stairs. Stairs offers 4 to 6% returns, no fees, and you can withdraw anytime. Do your future a favor. Visit stairsapp.com today.